Welcome to this episode of Eyes on Earth. Our podcast focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people here at Eros and across the globe who use remote sensing to monitor and study the health of Earth. I'm your host, Steve Young. Today we want to talk about OpenET, a bold initiative whose goal is to improve water management by making water consumption data more easily accessible to 17 Western states. A consortium of agencies and organizations is working together to create a one-stop shop where users can access remotely sensed water consumption models on a single web-based platform. Joining us to talk about OpenET are Forrest Melton, a senior research scientist at NASA and California State University, Monterey Bay, Robin Grimm, a senior manager of water information systems at the Environmental Defense Fund, Justin Huntington, a research professor at the Desert Research Institute, and Gabriel Sinai, a research physical scientist at USGS Eros. Welcome to you all. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Okay, let's uh, start with you, Robin. Tell us what OpenET is. So yeah, thanks. OpenET is a web application and data system that's filling one of the biggest data gaps in water management by making satellite-based evapotranspiration data, which is a critical water use metric, widely accessible to farmers, landowners, and water managers across the Western U.S. This is so important because, as I think we're all aware here, water is a critical resource that's becoming scarcer across the arid west. The southwest has been suffering one of the more severe mega droughts since the 1500s. And that turns into a challenge where farmers and water managers across the west are faced with constantly being asked to do more with less. And in that situation, good and timely data are all the more critical. That's where OpenET comes in. OpenET leverages advances in technology and best available science to provide consistent, trusted data on how much water is needed to grow crops and is consumed by other plants and vegetation across the landscape. So Justin, tell us about the groups who are behind all this, trying to make this happen. And, and uh, when, when could we see OpenET actually being used, being launched? The project is being led by NASA, the Desert Research Institute, and Environmental Defense Fund, along with a software development firm named Habitat7, which specializes in visualization of scientific data. Um, we're also partnering with Google and Google Earth Engine. We also have academic and federal agency partners, including the USGS, uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Cal State Monterey Bay, and a number of other universities, including University of Idaho, University of Maryland, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. What's really unprecedented here is that the philanthropy dollars that have enabled this project have really encouraged collaboration instead of competition, which is really helping us advance the science. As far as when we plan on launching it, it will be launched next year in early to mid-2021. So it's called OpenET. Forrest, can you tell us about the ET part? Sure. So the ET and OpenET stands for evapotranspiration, which is the process by which water is transferred from the land surface back to the atmosphere. And that includes water that evaporates off the land surface and transpires from plants. ET or evapotranspiration is one of the largest components of the water cycle, but because water vapor is invisible, we often forget that it's happening all around us every day. It's a critical piece of information for water management, and if we're serious about managing increasingly limited water supplies, we've got to be able to measure where every drop goes, and OpenET is going to help us do that. Is there anything you'd like to add, Gabriel? About 70% of the rain and snow in the U.S. ends up as ET and even more in the arid west. It is reported as a consumptive use in water management. Once ET 
occurs, the water is not available for the other uses, such as industrial or domestic purposes. At what scale will OpenET be able to provide usable information? Justin? Yeah, so OpenET will uh, provide annual, monthly, and daily satellite-based ET estimates. These ET estimates will be at the field scale for 17 Western states. And the field scale is really important here in that that is the scale in which water and water rights are managed in the West. And so having that Landsat scale, the 30 meter by 30 meter pixel resolution is really important. So Forrest, I've heard OpenET described as potentially being revolutionary. How so? OpenET is going to make this critical water data widely available to everyone so that policymakers are looking at the same data as those who are being affected by policy decisions. And farmers, whether they're large operations or small family farms, water districts big and small, they all have access to the same information, which is really important to ensuring that we're working from essentially the same sheet of music and have a shared basis for decision making moving forward. Why now? Why open ET now? Why, why haven't we done this years ago? There's a, a couple of, of reasons for that. If Landsat data wasn't freely available, we wouldn't be able to do this. The USGS also made Landsat Collection 1 available on the cloud and accessible through the Earth Engine platform. That really opened up a whole new area of research in terms of developing fully automated approaches to mapping evapotranspiration at scales the size of the Western US. Over the last few years, the science community has not only developed the software systems to be able to process that data in close to real time, but to do it at scale and also to share code through open source software repositories. These advances have allowed OpenET to proceed at a pace that I would not have thought would be possible five years ago. So you all have mentioned some of the different water managers, resource managers, others who, who would be interested in open ET farmers. Uh, can you give me some specific examples and tell us who's really going to be out there wanting to grab onto this and, and why? Uh, and give me some examples. In central Nevada, there's an overappropriated groundwater basin called Diamond Valley. Farmers have been asked to reduce their consumptive use by 40% to get the basin back in balance. And just as of late, they put uh, meters on all wells, but we don't have meters going back in time. Getting a good understanding of what is the historical long-term average consumptive use in the basin, comparing it to existing estimates, knowing just how over-appropriated that groundwater basin is, is really a game changer. It, it, it's bringing best available science to these hard questions that we haven't had good answers to in the past, and it's already working. So we've been looking at open ET data over Diamond Valley for specific fields where we know conservation efforts by the farmers have been put in place where they've uh, reduced irrigation. They, they don't go for that last cut of alfalfa. They start irrigating a little bit later in the season, and we are, in fact, seeing declines in evapotranspiration for those fields. Anyone else have uh, examples they want to say? Yeah, I'll just um, I also want to add that a primary goal of the OpenET project and, and platform is to make the data broadly accessible to really anyone who needs it. The end product will include a data explore page that has wide public access for users to be able to browse monthly or annual ET estimates for any field within the Western U.S. for the last five years. And in terms of users and, and folks who we think are going to pick up on the data and apply it, 
there's some similar applications in California to the one that Justin just mentioned in Diamond Valley. OpenET is being used by a water district in the current subbasin in California, which is one of the state's most critically overdrafted basins. Um, and they're you know, facing a similar reality where they're having to figure out ways to help growers and landowners navigate the requirement of reducing water use. And so this particular district has set up a new online accounting platform for landowners that's really built around data provided by OpenET, with the intent being to, to help them understand um, how their water use is changing across the growing season. And basically, the district manager there compares it to somebody being able to go online and sort of check the balance of their bank account um, in terms of their water allocation. And he's also thinking that potentially this could form the county baseline for an eventual trading program within that basin. There's a different application happening in the Bay Delta, which is basically the hub of California's water system, where the Delta Water Master, working for the State Water Resources Control Board, is proposing an alternative plan of compliance there for a regulation that requires all landowners and growers to report on their diversions. And in the Delta, that's an incredibly costly and time-extensive regulation to comply with in the sense that they're having to put meters on all of the siphons and infrastructure that brings water on and off of those islands. The thought here is that OpenET can provide a much cheaper, more cost-effective way of complying with that regulation and really ease the, the burden. And I think Forrest may be able to speak a little bit to some of the more local-scale applications in terms of um, how farmers and growers can use this for irrigation management and other decision-making processes. Yeah, thanks, Robin. For farmers in particular, we see value in OpenET in terms of allowing folks to easily get access to information that's going to help them balance irrigation applications to match the crop water requirement. Growers have to account for salinity management, the timing of operations in a field, but at the end of the day, having access to information on evapotranspiration, I think can really help advance the use of data-driven irrigation management practices and also help them document the benefits of past investments in water conservation. Incorporating ET information can actually reduce applied water by anywhere between 20 to 40% relative to some of the more traditionally used static irrigation schedules while preserving crop yields and also reducing demand for fertilizer because when you match irrigation to what the crop really needs, you end up leaching a lot less water, which means that the fertilizer stays in the root zone where the plants can use it. And they've shown reductions in fertilizer applications of up to 50%, again, while sustaining crop yields and quality. I'll just add to that if it's okay. We touched upon a lot of different example applications. Um, one of the ones that I don't know that we've spoken too much about yet, but that you know we think is another really important use of this is the development of incentive-driven conservation programs that um, really tie incentives or, or payments or other types of credit to actual reduced water use in terms of consumptive use. Um, and the hope is that allowing for a lot more creativity and scaling of those types of programs help to protect the financial viability of farms and communities during times of drought and scarcity and, and ensure that these plans are built off of an accurate understanding of a water budget. One of my questions is, uh, you made reference to the fact that there are six models the part of OpenET, does that, does that mean that it's, it's a uh, collaboration of all six? Are you blending them all together? Or do people go in and pick and choose which model they're interested in? How does that work? The OpenET is providing access to information from these six models. And in the past, 
a key challenge, I think, for, for water managers has been the fact that there are these different estimates. Folks can get stuck on trying to understand what's the right number, why are they different, how do they compare. What OpenET provides is a way for folks to easily look at the different estimates, but more importantly, we're conducting what's, I think, the largest intercomparison and accuracy assessment for satellite-based E performed to date. What the community is developing is a consensus view of what an ensemble value should be. So out of those six estimates, which models are performing well for different crop types, land cover types, seasons, regions, and from those models that are performing well, producing a, a single estimate for every field, for every location in the West, for each time period that data is available from OpenET, and that's daily, monthly, and annual. Gabriel, uh, can you tell me what role the USGS and EROS has played in this effort? EROS has been, you know, uh, USGS EROS has been a part of the initial discussion since the inception of OpenET, particularly in implementing the EROS developed model called CBAR model. It's actually mutual. On one hand, uh, USGS contributes to improving the ensemble product that uh, Forrest mentioned, and this improves the CBAR model, which in turn improves the ensemble. So it's really a two-way relationship between USGS and OpenET. It's a win-win uh, arrangement. Steve, I'll just add to that that Landsat has been an invaluable data source for OpenET, and OpenET wouldn't be possible without Landsat. That 30 meter by 30 meter resolution in the visible and near infrared and 100 meter resolution in the thermal is essential to our ability to produce data from OpenET at field scales. In addition, the open data policy, freely accessible data, and ability to access data from Landsat on the cloud through Earth Engine makes OpenET possible. We really appreciate the work by Eros to think creatively and be innovative in making data available in ways that not only support science, but also the development of applications like OpenET. We've been talking about an important new initiative called OpenET, which is going to launch in 2021 and will give users access to multiple water consumption models on a single web-based platform. Some are calling this revolutionary. Forrest Melton, Robin Grimm, Justin Huntington, and Gabriel Sinai, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve. It was a pleasure. Great talking thanks to you. Thanks so much for having us. This podcast is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey, Department of the Interior. Thanks for joining us.